If you're looking for a clean, sober, professional, academic, well-researched, historically accurate, generally accurate, serious podcast on Southern folklore, ghosts, bizarre events, and unique people, this podcast is not for you. However, if you've decided you can live with that, then join us for The Strange South. Oh, okay. I was like, shit, I've been working on this story and I don't have anything for the intro, which is fine. Well, okay. Hi, everybody. <laughs> hi, Marley. Hi, Patrice. <laughs> hi, hi do, we, do we say hi, everybody? We're not those people. Hi, everybody. <laughs> I didn't say hi. 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 <laughs> I'm trying to learn how to use Instagram. I'm like 15 years behind. <laughs> Much less TikTok. Oh, um, I'm you know, trying Instagram, to post a reel. I mean, I, know I was going to say Instagram, Instagram photos but... are one thing, but all the Instagram reels and I don't know what to do stuff. with the songs. <laughs> no, it's just they give you so many choices. We have enough choices well, here's, in our lives. Here's the thing: is like we have too many choices, mm-hmm. but then it's like you just don't want really want to let like it choose for you. Oh, that's true. So Ooh, that's what yeah. makes it complicated. It's like, no, that's We're not going to work. Like we have higher Nicki standards Minaj than and, that. Yeah. <laughs> well, that. So yeah. we need, we need some, you know, I want it to do this, this and this. And then I spend like an hour and a half and I'm just at the end, I'm like, fuck it. This will work. And mm-hmm. it's got some, song it's got some weird like i did some kind of screechy screechy scratch thing on it where it's like doing weird something i'm like okay it's fine like by the end of it i'm just like it's fine fuck it i will tell you the first song on my list when i started this reel is Blister in the Sun by the Violent Femmes. So well, it does know you. It does know you. Maybe people are using that right now and it's popular, <laughs> but it says for you, Blister in the Sun. I think it's exactly that the would worst be, one. You know, always for me would be Blister in I know. the Sun. And then like on the list deal with the Femmes. some Blonde Melon and you oh, know, shit. It's right up. You have your birthday in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, yeah. Mm. But then there's also Barbie Girl. So I don't also know. Also, the Barbie Girl, same generation. I was gonna say Barbie Girl came out when I was in what Barbie college Girl. or high school? High school. <laughs> World, and life in plastic. Jolly, so it's it fantastic. Know you know why Barbie Girl is out? Because the Barbie movie, um, movie, the movie. Barbie movie. movie is big <laughs> right now. Because the kids were showing me that like the Barbie meme is like the biggest meme. I just did, uh, so bad. The kids uh, were showing me the newest meme. Uh, there's a What's what the there's part? a Barbie movie coming out? Why? I don't know. I don't know. She like, don't like have enough money. Action. I think so. Uh oh! <laughs> I started playing poker face. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so there's man. a live action Barbie. Don't know about it. I don't know. I, I could be Maybe. lying. I, you never know. <laughs> <laughs> we don't know. I'm what pretty we're talking sure there's about. a live action Barbie. I've seen a lot of memes of people with the Barbie logo behind them. I did. Them. I saw, uh, was that Viola Davis had one. Yeah, yeah. Everybody's got something. Everybody's well, got Christian the Bale and the Barbie behind him, whatever. Christian Bale, really? Yeah. Maybe he's in it. Maybe he's in it. Maybe he's Ken. Maybe he, oh, maybe he's Ken. Maybe he's Psycho Ken. Oh, my God. Psycho Ken is a psycho. psycho Ken. <laughs> <laughs> So, well, we don't have, I guess we don't have much like front talk, but we do have a, a big thank you because the reason why yes. Patrice spent an hour doing a <laughs> Instagram post last on night TikTok. is because we hit <laughs> I know, on TikTok, Instagram and TikTok, then on her personal you. account before it made it to the Strange South account <laughs> is because we hit a, a thousand followers on Insta. Four years and finally a thousand. Yes. <laughs> it's a celebration. Because and it's a celebration of Patrice, who's been actually like the only person who put Pushes our socials. <laughs> it's been like we have been on like nine hundred and ninety-five for fucking ever. Yeah. I'm like people sneeze and get that much. It's like, <laughs> what are we doing wrong? And I think we're just not getting out in front of folks. Anyway, I could go over like what we're doing wrong. It, I could. We're not doing it, anything but, wrong. But you know, I'm not gonna do that now. We just wanted a milestone. It's we a just, good time for a milestone. Is, we, we just wanted a milestone. And we thank you for your uh, Insta support. Yes. Whether you know that you're on our Instagram <laughs> yeah, follow exactly. list or not. 
<laughs> and we also have what's what's today? Today's April eighth. Uh, yeah, well, this so will come by out the before. T- so this will be uh, this will probably be the last episode that comes out before our live yes, show, live yeah. show at Jacksonville Woo-hoo. State University on April eighteenth at seven p.m. It is free as free, fuck. Free, free, free. Yes, it and is a Tuesday night. It is a Tuesday night, but it's seven p.m. You have enough time to get home from work. Absolutely, like run over there, Sorry. watch us just shoot the shit for a while, and then go mm-hmm. home. Right. And it'll be it'll be easy. It'll easy. be so easy so and easy. fun. Mm-hmm. And we're looking forward to it. Absolutely. Because we haven't been on a stage stage in a while. So it'll be nice to not haul our chairs. But <laughs> yeah, we're looking forward to it. It's going to be good. So yeah, it's part of uh, Jacksonville State University's Kaleidoscope Festival of the Arts, which goes all through April. You can go on to our page for these details, r- restated. And uh, <laughs> you can, you can go to our website. If you want to share it with your friends, that'd be spectacular. Right. And um, but we're going to record whether you show up or not. But we'd love for you to be there <laughs> and we'd love for you to laugh. So right. go out and get yourself a drink before you come and <laughs> flask it up and hang out with us for a while. And I guess that's it. I mean, man, free is free. We're also giving away some merch. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Patrice Thanks. has bought some new merch for us to show off at the show. So we're going to have a couple yeah. of little giveaways. We have a mug. We have other surprises. We're not going to tell you all the surprises. Don't tell all the surprises. Right. But, but yeah. And also we'll have some Strange South original t-shirts mm-hmm. and um, it's going to be a cash only thing. Yes. It's going to be cash only at this show. So just so you're aware. Just so you're aware. Stop well, at the. Free to get in and cash only to purchase merch. Yeah. That's not. That's yeah. not too hard. No. So we look forward to seeing you there. I know. I'm excited. Yes. And. And. This drink. And we have a drink. It's delicious. It is delicious. Well, I've already I will finished say, mine. We, it's it's Saturday, so we're not used to recording on Saturday, but it is Easter Sunday. Some of us are doing family things tomorrow, so I felt like hippity hoppity. Why not start the night with a shot too, though? So we've also had a shot of yes. whiskey before. It does make one. a difference. It does. Uh-huh. Yeah. It gets a little yeah. So we had some Uncle Nearest before we started our sangria Why tonight. The fuck do I want to call him Ernest? <laughs> I did Uncle that Ernest all during when I was, no, I was telling the story and I'm fucking calling him Ernest. Why do I want to? Call did him? you? I, I did a couple of times. Oh, I don't Courtney know. corrected me. Oh, okay. Well, Uncle <laughs> Nearest, Nearest Green, Green, Nearest Green. I got um, the green part. Yes, but the, Courtney made us. I made us a sangria tonight, and you would think it would be nice, and it's April, but for some reason today, it's in the 40s, and it's raining, and it it's freezing. It's fucking and cold, and it was just like almost 90 degrees last week. Yeah. the day before. For real. So we've had to revert back to cold weather, but I'm calling this the cleanup sangria because I was an <laughs> event this week uh, after hours at the university and awards ceremony, and uh, one of my longtime friends was hosting the event. And she just put so much effort into it. It was over the top casino night. I was a blackjack dealer. It was awesome. Mm-hmm. I had so much fun. I haven't shown you pictures yet. You had a visor. See. I had a visor and a bow tie. It was so much was fun. It the green clear visor. Yeah, the green clear yes. yeah, dealer visors. And so I stayed to help clean up. And for those of you who don't do that, I do that because I, I want to help. I'm a helper. That's who I am. But also when you stay at events like that and you help clean up, guess what you get? Free alcohol (laughs) because it was just beer and wine, but we had chopped up a ton of fruit. So I had two gallon bags. When she says clean up sangria, she really went around and people who didn't finish their sangria, (laughs) she just poured it back into the container. That's what what we're drinking. Any leftover wine in a glass. (laughs) But really, it was uh, the red wine that we had opened that. They hadn't been drank, so Which they can't do anything legally. Right. Yeah. They can't really can't do anything. Do anything with and it. the people who were there were like, "I don't drink red wine. I don't like it. Take it." So Jeez, I like, what is took wrong these with them? One point seven five bottles, <laughs> oh, these, the big ones God. of uh, Cabernet and Merlot, and then Courtney's like, "I'll back up my I car." Like, I did. Well, <laughs> now that there's construction, I said, "Hold on, I'm going to go get my car." Look, I forgot there's construction, so I had to literally drive around campus, come back in the front to get back around. But I was not leaving that line. Like ten minutes later, I come back. Sorry, I forgot. You can't just drive up the hill anymore. So loaded up the car. Um, and so what am I going to do with all this fruit? There's so I still have so much left. So that's what it is. A a sangria with red wine, and I added a little special uh, herbal this time because I've had Benedictine for two years and we rarely use it. So I added Benedictine to it. Brandy 
Quantro, not triple sec. You know how I feel about that. We do. We know. <laughs> We're very aware. And uh, fuck like your triple sec. <laughs> lemons, limes, oranges, and I added strawberries because I just had some left from Yum. last week again. Are there? There's apple. Oh, is that a lime? That's an a lime and not an apple that I'm about to. Yeah, don't crunch don't down chew on, that. It's on not, that. It's not I'm a not green apple. It's no. a lime. Okay, good. So it's citrus good and then some strawberries in there. But I think it's got a really good flavor. Oh, oh it's very it's tasty. Del- I finished mine. It's delicious. Yeah, I I'm gonna it in a second. I made yeah. it at like eight this morning. You should typically overnight it, but I thought we would not record till tonight. So it had about seven hours in mm-hmm. the fridge anyway. It's perfect. Mm. And I tell you, the Benedictine just like, like perfect. Yeah, it's really good. It's Those additions. Mm-hmm. Mm. So good. Thank you, Courtney. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Cheers. Mm-hmm. Cheers to y'all. All right. We'll be right back. Oh, oh, wait. No. I had another thing. Oh, sorry. We will not be right back. <laughs> you we might have noticed a small difference in our show oh, last week. I almost said it, but I didn't know if we were going to talk oh. about it. Well, we're not going to talk about it. Talk about it. Yeah. But you will notice that we are aware that we have ads at the beginning and end of the show now. Woo-hoo! And <laughs> we're hoping in the future that we might have more ads. If you have uh, opinions, mm-hmm. <laughs> we're, we're used to opinions. We're used to we're used to opinions. It mm-hmm. shouldn't shouldn't affect you too much. It shouldn't affect anybody. It helps us out. If Hopefully. you want to, if you uh, you know, if you want us to avoid putting more ads in the show, you could always join our Patreon. That'd be spectacular. So yeah, just you know, be be patient. Ads are great. Pay attention to the sponsors, and we won't let them take much They're of our very time. Short. They are very seconds. short. Yes, one at the beginning, one at the end. That's yep. what I had. Super easy, and we could always do like special sponsored ads as well. If somebody wants to contact us and yes. be a sponsor, and we may give you mid roll. Yeah, because these guys don't get mid roll, and mid roll is in the middle. Yes, <laughs> that is what mid roll is. I, that's what this I learned. This is the terminology as that we as, had to learn. Yes. Yeah, as soon as we started podcasting, almost four, four, five. Fuck, how long have we been doing this? It's been a minute. Four and a half. Four. It's almost. God, we're gonna have to December. have a blowout for our five year. December okay. we five. We're gonna hit it up. Yeah. Right, it's December. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So anyway, I just wanted to address that. Yes, oh. there is a, there is a minor change. Mm-hmm. We hope that it's like you know simple for y'all. Just you know. I hope it makes us roll some money. with us. If it doesn't, if it disappears, it's because it wasn't doing shit for us. <laughs> yes. But you could do shit for us. So be a patron. <laughs> be a patron. Tell your friends to sponsor us. Contact three bucks, us. Three bucks for a patron. And we'll talk to you about sponsorship. Yes. Thank Add you. over. <laughs> we'll be right back. Bye. Oh, no, bye. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Sangria. Do you want more Strange South every week? we can help. You can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and you can join our Facebook fan group, Fans of the Strange South Podcast, to keep the chat going with our whole creepy community. Do you have a story idea for us or a story of your own to share? Email us at stories at thestrangesouth.com. Plus, if you join our Patreon, you not only help support the podcast, you get an exclusive bonus episode for every show and a discount on merch. You can find links to all of these things on our website, thestrangesouth.com, along with photos, links, and show notes from every episode, Strange South t-shirts, mugs, and other goodies. See you there. No. I'm still trying to figure out Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I'm Sorry, gonna stop. I'm spit into the microphone. I'm going to stop, look, and listen <laughs> to Patrice. <laughs> What's that from? Stop, look, and listen. What, across the street? That's, <laughs> stop, drop, and roll. I remember I know, that one. That but one. stop, look, and listen is actually something else. It's yeah. across the fucking street. That was a real thing? Yes. The stop, look, and listen? Yes. Okay. Okay. I'll mm-hmm. believe you. <laughs> to cross a railroad track. <laughs> to cross the street. Oh, wait. Stop, look, listen. Mm. And wave. You know what we did <laughs> when I was in high school to my mom? When we live in Columbus, Columbus has like a main like train section, or at least it did, where like trains could like flip and because there's like a big <laughs> Cristo plant there. They were picking up stuff and delivering shit. So anyway, there's like a bunch of fucking trains. There's a bunch of fucking railroads, like right in the middle of Columbus. To go from one side of town to the other, you have to go over like about 20 railroads, it <laughs> seems like. And, you know, you slow down because it's like, you know, mm-hmm. walking, not walking, but riding over the railroad. My mother had 
picked us up. She had we had to drive across town because all the middle schools were across town. So she went to pick us up, and then she went to drop us back to the other side of town, going across the railroads again. And we got stopped, and we're like sitting on the middle of a railroad, or we're not oh really my. stopped but slowed down. And one of my friends goes, "Oh my god, oh my god there's a train go!" <laughs> So wrong. Oh my God. My mom still talks about like all the years of her life that she lost from from that. Oh my God. She's like, it's so wrong. But she crossed the tracks and then opened the door and fucking kicked that kid out of the car. That's exactly what she should have. You can walk home, Meredith. That's right. (laughs) Oh my God. No, for sure. But if people, if you do not know this, if you are coming up to a railroad track and there's a lot of traffic, you stop before the railroad track Mm -hmm. and you keep a space between you and the next car uh, until there's a car space that you can go over. Because if you are stuck on a railroad and a train comes, then they cannot stop and they're going to hit you. Mm -hmm. One of my friends worked in... um, at an attorney office uh, as a paralegal and a majority of her job was to go out and look at railroad crashes. And she's like, you cannot believe how many cars get hit Um, in Alabama. She was working in Tuscaloosa at the time for like all, all the railroads and stuff. And it just, it's like, yeah, yeah, no. And it has absolutely nothing to do with what I'm going to talk. Actually, it has a small percentage. Like, I can totally, like, link up the railroad angle to what I'm going to talk about today. Do it. Surviving a tornado. Mm-hmm. Oh. Uh, whether it's a direct hit or it comes too close can be terrifying, mm-hmm. as we all know. Uh, we've had, like, significant tornado outbreaks this spring. So far, as of March 29th, we've had 311 tornadoes. Jesus. And this is like the 311 this this January. Mm-hmm. This and is Mississippi the, and Arkansas have gotten again mm-hmm. smashed. This is the third busiest start to the tornado season on record. Mm-hmm. And we know if you've been paying attention, especially here in the South, Rolling Fork, Midnight, and Silver City in western Mississippi was hit by an uh, EF4 tornado. And when we heard these names, when they were getting hit, and, and more importantly, or not more important, there's nothing important about it, but like afterwards, knowing that a lot of these smaller towns just completely just got wiped off, you know, the face of the earth. But we were hearing these names, my husband and I were both from Mississippi, and we were like, where the fuck is that? Yeah. You know, we have never heard of these names before. And usually, like, if you have been around living in your state forever, especially if you pay attention to weather and they, like, call all the states and Mm -hmm. all the names of the counties and the cities out, it's just, like, three names we have never heard before. And a large part of that is because they were in, like, the Robert Johnson, like, his Delta area, Mm -hmm. you know, around the crossroads. Um, They were deep uh, Delta, which is... The Delta, if you do not know that, in Mississippi is the poorest section of the United States. Uh, And so for these towns to be just completely decimated, it's just heartbreaking. It's going to take a while uh, in in these communities to feel normal again after experiencing this. And as I was talking about, I think with y'all, just the sound of chainsaws like as soon as as soon as the event is over the chainsaws because they're trying to dig people out they're trying to cut through trees they're trying to make roads passable and then you will have the sound of chainsaws cutting things up and moving things out for like weeks and weeks Mm -hmm. and weeks afterwards and it just becomes such that trigger like i get triggered so hard by the sound of a um, chainsaw so fair warning today, I'm talking about tornadoes. If you're not ready for that conversation, I completely understand. If you're still in the thick of it, our hearts go out to you. Definitely. We have like plenty of content that you can listen to beside this episode. If you don't want to listen to Tornado Talk today. So growing up in Lowndes County area in Mississippi, while I was growing up, I never really had any, you know, we did the tornado drills where you run into the hall and you put your 
head down and your hands over like the back of your head to protect like your neck and your head and everything. That was like our main tornado drill. You didn't put your books on your head? They made us put our books no, over our head. No, oh, we really? never put books. They made us open our hardcover books and sit all the way with them over our head. <laughs> and that's smart. We I guess it is. You don't like, have just, a helmet. So. Until you said that, I totally forgot that's what we did, but we would go out in the hall. I mean, sometimes they were real. Yeah. Sometimes they weren't drills. Right. Well, see, we never had a real tornado come through when I was growing up. And I've always been fascinated by tornadoes. All through childhood, tornadoes really weren't a thing for me. But that changed in 2002 when a tornado formed just three miles southeast in Artesia. And it tracked like 22 miles across our county. So Columbus was hit when I was living there with my family. And I was already married at this time. And um, we were living, Chad and I were both living in Columbus uh, with my folks at this time. And luckily, we had like a about a 15-minute warning, and so we took cover in our concrete storm shelter that we happened to have because we had a few years earlier straight line winds come through and just like tore up a lot of the property around with like trees and stuff. And so FEMA came in and we got the shelter. But during this day, uh, we had like three tornadoes move through Lowndes County between 7 and 8 p.m., the strongest striking downtown Columbus where we were nearby MUW, Mississippi University for Women, approximately like 7.20 that night. It, distort, it destroyed dozens of homes, a church, businesses. It created rubble um, of many of the, campus, of the campus structures. It like tore the roof off in the first floor or the top floor off the art department. It destroyed the gym and it just wrecked like the beautiful trees and the mm-hmm. landscaping homes can be rebuilt i don't think it luckily i don't think anybody died during this which is kind of surprising because of how destructive it was but like just those trees so when you go back to the place uh it was unrecognizable because you always like had that part of the landscape before this day happened i always heard that you know the likelihood of being struck twice by a tornado like once you've been hit it's kind of a one and done thing but (laughs) that is absolutely not true in fact if you've been hit once more than likely you'll be hit again even if you move and, really? And that's the, what the hell? I no thought, way! I it was just because you're in, like, I thought a it was because they area. have like roads basically they that do. they create and follow, like that are yeah. It, it's kind of like the same weather pattern sets up in that same area, mm-hmm. and it just kind of trains up the same based place. on the geography mm-hmm. and the, all the uh, yeah, you know the meteorology stuff yeah. and the geography stuff, right? <laughs> those things, those things, ologies and geographies, all the ologies. <laughs> so living in Columbus, you know, I felt like Columbus was like smack dab in the middle of Redneck Tornado Alley. And after a couple of those close calls, the tornado, like when it came through, it came on our side of the town. It was about 100 yards from our house. So it wasn't on top of it, but us, but it was like very much near us. After that, Chen and I became like super weather aware. Uh, In 2014, we moved here to Alabama. And we were like, yes, we finally <laughs> escaped the crazy weather. Yeah, right. <laughs> in 2018, a F3 tornado hit JSU in the north part of town where we were living. And this tornado came even closer than the Columbus tornado did to us because we could hear the roaring, the sound of the, the train, right? Uh, our ears popped because of the pressure change. We had trees snapping. We lost, like, I live on, like, an acre of land in the middle of these avenues. And we lost about 10 trees just on our property. So while the Columbus tornado was, like, 100 yards from our house and there, we were actually in the tornado in the outer rotation. In one of our talks, I don't know if it was one of our after talks, I think it was, Courtney, you were talking about being at church. Yeah, I was in a tornado and uh, the Palm Sunday ones. Was the Palm Sunday? So what it would have been, well, well, I mean, Easter moves, but it would have been last Sunday, 1993 or four. 1994 Palm Sunday. Okay. Yeah. Well, see, I was looking that up. It and ripped s- the roof off of our church while I was in it. Mm-hmm. So it was, was the church terrifying. up in Piedmont? No. Okay. So the that Pied- one, the Piedmont one was hit. I was in five. 
Okay, you were it, in five. It was the same day there was an outbreak, so right. it wasn't the same exact tornado, but it was one of those days where they popped up all over. Right, this so area. the Piedmont. Are you talking about Goshen? Goshen. Yeah. They yeah. actually have a, a monument in mm-hmm. Goshen where that church was. Right. So the church in Goshen um, was hit in Piedmont, which is about 13 miles north of where we are right now. And 20 people died. And mm-hmm. that's huge. That's, mm-hmm. a, that's a lot. The pastor was a female and it was she died and her children. Mm, yeah. yeah. So, and that was the same storm, 1994. I vividly remember watching the Tuscaloosa F5 go through with James Spann in April of 2011. And I remember right before it hit Tuscaloosa. Yeah, it's like the PTSD, Mm -hmm. like hits you hard on these. I've got chills. Oh, yeah. Uh, That was the one that took out my community. Mm -hmm. That was the one that like so many of the people we were going to a church up in Pleasant Valley at the time. And I mean, so many of our friends had actually that was right before we started going there because so many of the people that we know like houses got just taken off yeah just taken off the map by that right and uh that was one of the ones that i mean it it hit like a a mile and a half two miles north of us and then since then there was another one that came right up the back end of my property (laughs) wasn't it like the longest track like it was literally the the longest tornado that was in tuscaloosa Tuscaloosa was the one that That was here started in mississippi because one of the things i remember like the day afterwards Mm because when they were like doing the track of how long that was in mississippi it hit like rural area where nobody was living but Mm -hmm. it just gives me chills just thinking about it but it said that the dirt that it stirred up like mm-hmm. it dug into the ground like like two two feet just from the power of mm-hmm. it so it just Damn. scoured the the earth and then it went in and it went to tuscaloosa and i remember watching it and i remember james Spann going like you need to be below ground you will not survive this yeah. if you're above ground and i was like of course about to throw up at the time and thinking oh shit this is the south we have a water table nobody has a basement yeah that one i feel like the tuscaloosa one hit was on the ground ground for like like 78 miles i was gonna say like 100 miles i feel like it was yeah like it it literally didn't even lift up off the ground for almost 100 and because of technology it was really the first massive storm that we literally were watching Mm -hmm. as it happened and after you know after all of this i feel like Chad and I have become like, you know, amateur meteorologists with the rest of you. We become pretty obsessed about it. Even till this day, we watch weather happening mm-hmm. like the Hunger Game. Mm-hmm. And we're always rooting for the people and we're always yelling at the storm chasers when they get too close. And we're texting people that we know who are in harm's way to make sure like they're in the basement with their helmets on and all that stuff. And also secretly selfishly or go and thank god it's not our turn again because mm-hmm. you know we know it's coming yeah. again uh, it's april it mm-hmm. is april and so i'm about to get real southern on you here telling you another tale <laughs> okay good <laughs> that's kind of off the main tale and track because we haven't <laughs> got to my story yet oh my god i will say for a second this makes me actually you know we were bitching about the weather but i'm like Thank God it's, it's cold, cold today. today. Yes. <laughs> I know. Because it's Easter weekend and, yes. and it's not going to happen tomorrow. Yes, that we know of. We had a neighbor when we were living in Ingermar, Mississippi, which if you do not know where Ingermar is, that's okay because I didn't either. <laughs> it's in the middle of nowhere. Uh, it's a place that Chad and I lived when I was working in Tupelo and he was working at Old Miss. And it was like halfway through. So I would travel 45 minutes one way and he would travel 45 minutes the other way. And that's just kind of how we did for a few years. I fucking loved that area. But it was like just really small house. It had one bathroom. It was the house that we rode uh, Katrina out in. And that that sounds weird to you because we were like five hours outside or from the coast. Uh, we totally got hit by Katrina or the leftover remnants of the depression. It shook our house. It scared me. Like Katrina scared me, like mm-hmm. even being yeah. inland yeah. so much. It was so big. Because I could just hear it was constant wind. It was like blowing oh, yeah. the house. And I thought we are going to like get swept along um, somehow. Also, we were happened to be on the side that produces tornadoes. So if you're not used to being around tornadoes or on the coast or anything, there's there is a when a hurricane comes up, there's always 
a section of the hurricane that you have to watch out for tornadoes because they spin up really quickly. Mm-hmm. I never remember which side it is, but it happens to be the right front quadrant yeah. of the storm. Mm-hmm. And that's where we were. So we were like, we're always getting that turn because yep. they're coming from the southwest toward mm-hmm. us from the Gulf. Yep. They're always turning. The, yeah. So we're always on that to the side. Northeast. Yeah. <laughs> One of the reasons that I'm bringing up Katrina and like being in this house in Ingamore in Mississippi is because we had the best neighbors. It It's just just crazy. On one side, we had like this sweet little family that had two kids that are younger than our kids now. On the other side, we had like truck driving rednecks, which they were the best kind of rednecks. <laughs> I love them so much. I still love them so much. Ingemar is like a dry county, so you would see our, our redneck neighbors driving or mowing his yard with the beer. And it's also the kind of county, because it was dry, you'd see like a farmer like on his tractor on the highway doing like maybe 15 miles an hour, drinking a beer, oh, yeah. driving mm. his tractor like to get to his farm and stuff. But it was absolutely gorgeous. Like they had Oreo cows that we would see in their past. Mm-hmm. It was just so pretty. I, I cannot describe to you y'all how magical mississippi can be out in the rural area just where there's nothing but just rolling hills and flatlands and livestock right (laughs) anyway back to my redneck neighbor his name was tim and he would all the time come out with his beer and talk to us if we were outside on a pretty day and one of the things that he said when we were going through like some bad weather out there Anytime it was the springtime and it was a pretty day, he would say, we're going to pay for this weather. Mm-hmm. And it, it's it's true. And every time, like, it's a beautiful day in the springtime and it's tornado season, I'm like, oh, we are fucking going to pay for this mm-hmm. day. And we usually do. Mm-hmm. All right. So right after we lived there, this is like the Patrice <laughs> bio your here. memoir. My memoir. This is your, this is your audiobook. <laughs> exactly. We moved to Tupelo. This was like 2008-ish, maybe a little right before. And I got this app on my phone. It's the first time I had an iPhone. I got this app called Radioscope, which happened to be like I got it the, uh, or not radio, Radarscope. First time that I got it, it was like the first year that it had come out. And we ponied up the money, subscribed to it because it gave us, it was like really specific data about where storms were how strong they are. We still have a subscription. So from it's 14 years, we've had this subscription that we pony up the money every year for it because it gives us peace of mind to know exactly where it is, how strong the storm is. So we know, like, should we have high anxiety or should we have like mid anxiety? (laughs) You know, James Spann, who is our local meteorologist Mm -hmm. for North Alabama, he promotes it, but like, we had it first, James. <laughs> but James Spans is like, he's a, a local celebrity. He's one of our favorites. He's the one that talked through that whole Tuscaloosa tornado. We were watching him actually in Mississippi when um, that tornado was going on. And he's the one that like, if you see him take his jacket off and he has his suspenders <laughs> on and he's got his like, his... uh his shirt sleeves sh- rolling thank up. Thank you. Roll, shirt, it's time to roll up the it, sleeves. It, yeah, it's like you better sleeves. be watching the sky. <laughs> That's what everybody makes the joke. Oh, like, yeah. if There's you're at Knighton's Crossroads next to Ernest's house, you need to be in your shelter <laughs> right, now. right now. Like, he knows people down knows to the, the home number. You can tell he's traveled it. Like, he knows the people. He's been out there. Oh, yeah, the absolutely. Yeah. And he has, he has a book written. And then he's just like, you trust him. Everybody trusts James Spann. And he's one of our favorites, but he only comes on if there is something, if there is a warning of a tornado in our area specifically. So if there's other bad weather going on, we were kind of in a loss to find somebody. And by the way, I'm talking about me and my husband to find somebody to, you know, to watch. But we found this guy. We keep up with bad weather, like I said, like sports ball scores around here. (laughs) And we found this guy that we really like, and he's called Ryan Hall, y'all. What? That's, that's his YouTube channel. <laughs> Ryan, he's a YouTuber. Ryan Hall, y'all. And I believe he's out of Tennessee. I could be wrong. But we watch him because he, he reports on, like, pretty much our half of the country when stuff goes on. And we will just have him rolling because he has storm tracker friends that are out there. And he does a really fabulous job of reporting on the weather and we were actually watching him 
when all the stuff went through Mississippi in March. So I recommend him. Please check him out. So the top five deadliest tornadoes in the U.S., and most of these are like pre-modern weather technology and meteorologists. Mm -hmm. Number one was the tri-state tornadoes, Missouri, Illinois, Mm -hmm. Indiana. And this is March 18th, 1925. Record number 695 people were killed. Second deadliest tornado was May 6th, 1840, Natchez, Mississippi with 317. So one in Tornado Alley, one in Redneck Tornado Alley with Natchez. Mm -hmm. May 27th, 1896 in St. Louis, Missouri, 255 people were killed. April 5th, 1936 in Tupelo, Mississippi, 216 people were killed. April 6th, the day after, same system, 1960. 1936 in Gainesville, Gainesville, Georgia, 206 people were killed. Jeez. By the way, on that list, we're talking about like tornadoes hitting the same place twice. Natchez was hit again. Oh, it was bad. I remember modern In 91. And this ranked them 21st or 91 people died. And that ranked them 21st. I don't have the date for that. And then Gainesville, Georgia was hit again. It's number 17th with 98 people having died. So prior to the Tuscaloosa F5 tornado, one of the tornadoes that I will always remember like how devastating it was just because of the pure like abundance of the photo documentation on it was the 1936 Tupelo, Mississippi tornado. And that's now what I'm going to talk about. (laughs) Or finally, the beginning of what I'm talking about. And I started writing this episode on the uh, 87th anniversary of it because it happened April 5th. Mm. So three days ago, I started writing this episode. The personal accounts I got for this episode is from the Daily Journal article by Ashley Elkins and by YouTube video by Terry uh, Swindon. The links are... What year? This is going to... Did you say... Oh, 1936. Oh, the 30s. Yeah. And I'll put the other links that I got um, for the information for this uh, story on the website. So when we have tornadoes, it usually starts out to be a pretty day. It's sunshine and sometimes there's not a cloud in the sky. It's muggy. And if you get to know, like if you've been through enough tornadoes, you kind of know that feeling of like, okay, this is tornado weather. So it's kind of muggy. It's hot. It's pretty much the same for Tupelo, Mississippi, Sunday, April 5th, 1936. Started out a little bit warmer than normal, pretty humid. And the storms didn't start in Tupelo. Uh, The storms rarely start like in Mississippi. They always come from the West. It actually started in Arkansas. So in La Crosse, Arkansas, an F3 tornado killed one person. And then the storm rapidly went into Tennessee. Tennessee is like right above Mississippi, if you don't know your geography, which is okay. I'm not shaming anybody. I don't don't know it either. (laughs) It produced two more tornadoes, an F4 and an F3, three that uh, touched down in four counties and killed a total of 11 people that day. And by the time it reached northeastern Mississippi, which is where Tupelo is located, the entire storm system was moving at a rate more than 50 miles per hour. When it got near... Tupelo, people that live like 13 miles away or more said that they could like actually see the lightning from the area as it was coming in. So the first twister that was in this Tupelo storm cluster uh, was initially thought to come down about 65 miles from southwest or southwest of Tupelo and Yalabusha County near Coffeeville, which killed four people. And then an F3 touched down in Boonville which is a bit north and east of Tupelo. So knowing, like, having watched enough weather and knowing how storms come up, you know, usually you have those isolated cells that are like a precursor for the main line or the front that's Mm -hmm. moving through. And in those isolated cells is where the, like, really big tornadoes are. And just the way that they describe this, me and my, like, amateur, you know, meteorologist, uh, persona here think that's probably what happened because it was kind of sporadic and you were having stuff that's you know north and east of Tupelo and then stuff below it happening 
So all of this is happening, but it's still things are moving northeast. And it breached western uh, Lee County about 9 p.m. that night. The first victims in that area were a couple and their 11 children Shit. that lived on the outskirts mm. of Tupelo. And Tupelo, I mean, the whole area, Mississippi is very much agriculture. So there's farms. All of these people, most of the people, if you're not in the city, most of what you're doing is, is farming. And so it's Sunday. It's a typical Sunday. Most people have finished up with church that night. And all of a sudden, the skies in the southwest started to get really angry looking and lightning was started to become consistent and fierce and all hell broke loose. They had like massive hell start to pelt, just come down. Folks said that they saw one big ball of fire, Jeez. while others described a black mass that rolled into town carrying lumber, bricks, and all kinds of debris. One person even compared the noise to like a thousand locomotives, while another said it was just an ear-splitting shriek. Some people had enough warning to take cover, but most people didn't even know what was going on. A lot of people were not as lucky, and it pretty much became a total nightmare. The hardest hit in Tupelo was the wealthy area of Willis Heights neighborhood, and um, it had some of the, you know, several lavish plantations. Because Tupelo, I don't know, Tupelo was, there's some like old money in Tupelo. And it was plantations and it was um, from the local area of, of farming and everything. I have some interviews here from different people uh, who were like young children at the time. And you can watch these on YouTube. One of them was uh, Louise Godwin when she was a teenager. The tornado hit when she was a teenager. Her father was actually serving as the uh, mayor of Tupelo in 1936. Godwin says that she returned to her family's home on Green Street from a church youth group meeting when the tornado hit. And she says, I remember a lot about it. It was a sultry April day. It was still and there was no breeze. Mm -hmm. She says she really remembers like that lack of air. Because her mother made a comment about it. She said, and then all of a sudden, the house just exploded. She said the front porch fell down, and that is probably what helped protected them and kept them alive. She said her father was trying to close the door, and the wind blew him into the hall. And within a matter of minutes, the storm was over. Uh, Godwin said that the next-door neighbor was killed, and the people that she knew a block away was also killed. Another area that was hit really hard was the gum pond district on uh, the gum pond community and this is where many of the black families live and it was also really hard hit families were left with nothings as their houses were completely destroyed and it's just the sheer level of the devastation is unbelievable like if you've seen any of the pictures from rolling fork or if you've seen any of the pictures from the tuscaloosa tornado it is very much the same but much greater scale mm. and there, there's actually fantastic pictures about it and this is why it's so stark in my mind because of the the photography documenting the aftermath of the storm so the gum pond area also known as gum tree park like i said was one of the hardest hit areas but because it was poor black families living there a lot of the information we do not, or a lot of the details in that area was not written down. And it's been like difficult to find like the stories as much as, or as the rich white people go figure, right? Uh, Elvis Presley, his parents, Vernon and Gladys Presley, lived in East Tupelo, which is near the Gum Pond area. They happened to survive hmm. the tornado, and Elvis was about 15 months old at this time. Mm. So yeah. if like anything else had happened, we may not have had like the king of rock and roll come out of Tupelo, Mississippi, because they were survivors of the tornado. However, their home was severely damaged. So it hit them as well. Garland Hall was only seven years old when the tornado hit. It killed his father and one of his sisters. He was seriously injured and taken to a hospital in Memphis while his mother went out to one in Meridian. It was a terrifying time for the family, and to make matters worse, his mother had no idea 
where Garland was Ugh. for two months. So he two was months. up in Memphis and she was like in a hospital. Yeah, in Meridian. His eight-year-old sister uh, was with the rest of the fam- family and luckily like she escaped without a scratch. And that's some of the stories that I read too. Is like people that were huddled up together, like half of them would live and half of them wouldn't. And mm-hmm. it was just kind of a, just a bait or random random thank you well there were i remember stories people telling me about the the tornadoes that came up to my area that you know an entire house would be just taken out but like the dining room table is still set with like glasses on it and Mm -hmm. plates and napkins and Mm -hmm. like everything around it is just destroyed but this is like just it looks like it's somehow under a shield or something like it didn't get touched right so Claude Moore Stone also lost loved ones in the storm, but he was two years old when this happened. Had like severe head injuries. Oh, sorry. This is Claude T, not Claude. That's <laughs> a female. Uh, so she doesn't remember the event actually happened. Plus she was two. Like, how much do you remember when you were two? When this event happened. And she learned from her family later on that she was taken to a hospital in Meridian. Uh, but things got confusing and she was claimed by the wrong family oh shit what? and eventually her father really <sighs> more was able to locate her and bring her home oh, so it was a Lord. fucking mess the stone reminds me of your story of the kid that was taken mm-hmm. oh yeah exactly. what if they had lost their kid and they were like no this is my daughter yeah and then their daughter like really got killed in the tornado or oh something. my god so um Ooh. So her father, Willie Moore, was not at home when the tornado hit. He ended up losing his wife and five of his 10 children in the disaster. And, you know, he was the one that was like went looking around for people and he was trying to find, you know, his daughter who was in Meridian. And the reason that she was in Meridian is because she, she was two years old and she had been found wandering near the lake. Um and some guy picked her up and, like, you know, turned her in. Otherwise, she had just been wandering in, like, and around all the the mess. And it was mm-hmm. just, like, just splinters of wood mm-hmm. and glass and nails and automobiles and all the, the things that you see. If you can imagine just, like, a two-year-old wandering around someplace like that. Right after the tornado happened, this man named Lemuel Paul. Spain. What? <laughs> oh no, I'm so fucking bad with names. I should Lemuel? just Lemuel. Lemuel. The French Lemuel? version of the mule. Why would you say this? I don't know. I Lemuel. Don't... Lemuel. Well, y'all are better at this than I am. I guess it's Lemuel. 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 Like I guess L E M U A L. Yeah. Spain. Uh, should be declared a local hero because right after the tornado came in. Uh, he walked through downed power lines to the Tupelo mm. light plant and he kicked off all the main switches. Mm. Um, and his quick thinking probably saved many lives that day from electrocution. Mm-hmm. So after Tupelo, uh, Tupelo, Tupperware, Tupperware, <laughs> Tupperware, Mississippi, <laughs> after Tupelo was hit, uh, the storms continued into Alabama where the same supercell spawned other tornadoes that killed eight people. An additional five people died when it touched down in a nearby countryside in Tennessee. The storm ultimately produced an F4 tornado, which is the one that ravaged Gainesville, Georgia, and killed 203 people there. The outbreak is the only recorded series of tornadoes to produce multiple tornadoes with death tolls of more than 100 Mm. people. The official death toll was 216 with some 700 injured. But other sources put the number of fatalities closer to 250 with over a thousand people injured. People later, because they didn't record the people who later died of their injuries, and they also undercounted or did not include at all any of the African American neighborhoods Mm -hmm. um, as well. The tornado destroyed 48 city blocks in Tupelo, 10 churches were destroyed. Um, in this population, Tupelo at that time was about 7,500 people. Uh, out of the residential population, only one third of residencies were remained standing. So it wiped out two thirds of like all the neighborhoods. 
So like I was saying, at least 200 homes were partially or if not completely destroyed. The high school um, was destroyed. It suffered extensive damage uh, to his gymnasium. Uh, and the gymnasium, just hours before, was where people had gathered for worship service. The grammar school on Church Street was greatly damaged. Uh, when they came through, uh, some geologists came through after the tornado and looked at all the buildings and their structure, and they found that it had inadequate, um, it w- they were all inadequate structures, basically, because they had dead mortar. Uh, which resulted in um, like a lot of the things collapsing easily, which I'm like, hello, Mississippi. Like, yeah. Have I ever moved into a house that had like good <laughs> coded stuff? Like we know when we move into a house, like that wiring's sketchy as fuck. <laughs> like there's some things that have been put together. That's just not right. I mean, I've never moved into a house where everything was like by code. Mm-hmm. Everything's like fuck the code here in the South. Mm-hmm. I think that's like our, oh, yeah, that's our model. Yeah, that's our, general. Our yeah. Motto. Fuck code. All right. The, let's see, the Tupelo Battle Memorial, which was this big, thick concrete block, was flattened by the twister. Actually, I think a lot of it was like the, um, the base of it was snapped off at the bottom. And I was looking at that because where we lived when we moved to Tupelo, was we lived on the Tupelo battlefield, the Civil War battlefield area. And so I was like, okay, so that was destroyed. I was wondering if it went by the house that we lived in. And so I found the map of kind of like where it went through at that time. And we were like right on the edge, would have been right on the edge where our house was, where this went through and it snapped the battle uh, memorial. And it did significant uh, damage or heavy damage to the Tupelo Hospital where the roof ended up caving in. So all the people that were either um, had passed or needed help, they had to like come up with these makeshift hospitals. Some like the morgue was set up in the Lee County Courthouse. Several churches um, opened up their doors uh, and became hospitals. Same with the uh, the Tupelo Military Institute, which I don't know where the fuck that was, uh, took in, injured. The movie theater was transformed into the hospital. The popcorn machine was used to sterilize instruments. Oh, wow. And the Weird. stage there was used as an operating room. Oh, yeah. They ended up quickly running out of medication and bandages. Mm-hmm. Um, once they cleared out the way, because the train from Memphis um to through columbus and to alabama like that main train line runs right smack dab in the middle of tupelo we call that area crosstown and crosstown was one of the areas that was hit um or on the edge of crosstown was where the areas where it was hit and so they had to clean out all that area so the trains could run again um and then once they did that the wounded was transported to other cities like Memphis and Meridian that, you know, we've talked about. I mean, it's hard enough in the 2000s for like, I mean, when we had our major tornado in 2018 mm-hmm. and 2011 to get two people. Oh, I yeah. can't imagine in the 30s. Yeah. No. Like how many. And I think that's one reason all of the ones you mentioned are the deadliest. One, we have more warning now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. And system. then we have more, you know, technology to save people and to get to them quicker so i hope that that those always remain the most deadly and and yeah and i figured more than likely that is the case why they are the most deadly is because you know they had no way of getting in touch with people and keeping up with people um and being warned about it uh the tornado wiped out talking about that the tornado wiped out some of the bridges Mm -hmm. and so the east part of town couldn't get to the west part of town it destroyed the city's water reservoir. Mm. Uh, one of the people that were talking, that was a child during that time, were talking about how they were on Church Street and they were like knee deep in water. And most of that water was from the um, the reservoir being destroyed and just like flooding the mm. whole area. So they lost clean water. They lost power. They had severe flooding because they had torrential rain coming on. There was raging fires and all of this really hampered the city's recovery, like right in the aftermath of the storm. However, the torrential rains that followed that storm is probably what saved most of the town from burning. Judge C.P. Long said weeks after the storm, 
happened. He described burning shingles in the air, like just floating around. It's like, and if it hadn't have rained when it did, and it didn't, you know, just torrential rain that a lot of the buildings that were still standing would have just lit up because of this. So it really sounded like hell on earth. The tornado only lasted a few minutes, but if you've ever been or seen any storm damage, you know that it's a long process for recovery. Dozens of bodies had to manually be extracted from Gum Pond where they were thrown in by the tornado. So a lot of people may have survived, but they ended up drowning in the water. Weeks after the tornado touched down, roads were finally cleared enough for cars to come through, but the National Guard had to come in because people were like backing up their cars and looting Mm. by loading up furniture and anything that they could find. So it became pretty much like they did here where they quarantined Mm -hmm. the area where cars could not get in. So if you needed to get to your people in Tupelo, you had to ditch your car and walk. They did eventually opened up like a small section. It became like such this huge like thing that happened that everybody in the area knew about that they would have people from out of town drive in simply to see it. Mm -hmm. They ended up opening up like this little section of road where they would let tourists, tornado tourists, I don't know, well, people still do it. Yeah, that's one reason they, they blo- block things off. Yeah, yeah. but and so they, <laughs> they could drive through and see some of the area that was damaged. Thousands were left without homes. Uh, they brought in box cars and like they had 150 box cars that served as temporary housing for families. Mules, cows, hogs, poultry, household pets were buried in like a four foot deep trenches and seven foot deep wide that were like 150 feet long. So, you know, not only were they recovering, they were dealing with like livestock and and all of that that needed to be buried uh, to keep from like disease and everything um, happening. And they also like cremated them in like these large fire piles, um, Mm. fires outside of town. They estimate that the wind from this tornado, this F5 tornado that hit Tupelo, was around... 300 miles per hour. Damn. They found pine needles that were sticking into trees Mm -hmm. because the wind had forced them into it. And that is pretty much what it means if something like is not survivable, um, if you are above ground. A lot of the kids are... They were elderly during the time of the interview, but a lot of, you know, they were kids during this time. They recount just like seeing horrific things with but, uh, body recovery and all the things that happened that they witnessed. And a lot of them just didn't know what was going on because either some of them were on the outside or it happened so fast they didn't know what was going on. The only visible sign today of the tornado that hit in 1936 is there's a giant hen oak that's on Rankin Street, you know, your way around Tupelo. It is said that they are still leaning in the direction that they were bent as young trees 87 years ago. Like I said, the only reason that I know anything about this tornado or become obsessed anything about this tornado in Tupelo is because of the documentation that the Memphis press did. So Memphis came down pretty much immediately and took these beautifully haunting images of the devastation. I even think there was probably some planes. There weren't helicopters back in the I know, I was trying to think of that earlier, actually. Yeah, because there's some... can't just go to, like, helicopter recovery. I don't know what years. Yeah, I don't either. But there's some really high up looking down photos black and white all of these are kept up i think um university of memphis that are stored i will put a link to them and show you some of them they're definitely something to look at um it's just amazing especially if you live in tupelo where the devastation is and how tupelo like rebuilt and rebuilt better afterwards but that is the tupelo 1936 fourth deadliest tornado in the world actually that we know of story dang i know i'm traumatized <laughs> talking about the jimson weed last week in ptsd like <laughs> listen this is all real ptsd kill you mm, real no. ptsd here practical helicopters began in 1939 by the way uh, thank oh. you i was glad you looked it up because i didn't think that they were yeah. i was thinking definitely world war 
two mm-hmm. and they had forward. some really tall buildings and Tupelo like it was built up a lot more than I thought it was and so it could have been somebody was on top of a roof mm-hmm. taking pictures down but I do remember seeing and some of the um photography uh, just some really tall buildings so I was like well, where the hell is that mm-hmm. but it's so disorienting too because the Tupelo that we know now is so spread out compared to what it was but yeah I mean always like young fascinated with like Every show about tornadoes I watched and it was like I always got the book on tornadoes and I was just fascinated by them until I was in them. And I was like, fuck some tornadoes. <laughs> I was like, I, I don't even want to know. But it was the Tupelo tornado that I always thought like an F5. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. And then like we hit the 2000s and above or even before that. And just like we've had like these really devastating tornadoes here in the south and People don't think of South being a tornado alley, but it is fucking. Oh, they do now. Yes, fucking bad, bad. a tornado alley for sure. Well, thank y'all so much for listening to us. Hope we didn't do love this. to you all <laughs> yeah. who are going through Stay it right now. If you're here gosh. hearing us, yes, absolutely. Stay weather aware. Empathy, empathy, all the empathy, and um, it hopefully will get better. You won't have another tornado. Okay, I'm gonna stop talking. <laughs> Bye. Bye, y'all. <laughs>